This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Listeners, thanks for joining us at the Village Church Q&A podcast this week. Here's our question for today, Michael. Are you ready? Don, ready. All right. We're going to be talking about prayer. And our first question is, why don't you at Village Church do the Lord's Prayer or the Apostles' Creed? I really love that we're getting a ton of questions on our sermons. And yes. uh, either way, whether or not you we— did a sermon on this. Yep. We literally, as we're recording, it was just uh, three days ago. Yeah. Um, but this question, ironically, came in like a month ago. So uh, it's prophetic. And, and you and I both have had people ask us this question. Oh, yeah. Just as a part of, you know, a little bit of context for Village Church. So there are, I would say, generally two kinds of people who start attending Village Church after their first visit. Um, and the, half the group would be people who are newer to church. They're trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, again, the yes. ratios go up and down. Sometimes it's 60%, sometimes it's 30% or whatever else. But like generally speaking, over the long haul, it's been a bunch of people who have been de-churched, unchurched, formerly right. Catholic, mm-hmm. something of the sorts, um, and they start attending. And then there's a whole nother group, which is people who um, end up leaving the churches they're at and coming to Village Church. And there's right. multiple reasons mm-hmm. people leave. Sometimes the church closes. Sometimes they move. Uh, sometimes the church goes, you know, really liberal doctrinally and they need something that that is more solid. Sometimes they actually stop teaching the Bible on a regular basis and just teach topics, you know, and, and, uh, they want to get back to maybe Bible teaching. And I, I get all that, but when you get somebody from, um, especially a Lutheran background, um, that's Mm -hmm. going to be uh, a significant denomination that regularly recites creeds. Um, some Presbyterians will do it. Some Methodists will do it, but, um, yeah, Catholics for sure. And, um, so this is a, a totally normal question. And when people who come from more liturgical denominational backgrounds come to village, they're often struck by our lack of creedal uh, recitations. So, for example, um, recently I, I downloaded a service from a Lutheran church in our city. I just wanted to hear what they were doing. And uh, I would say a quarter of the download was the pastor would say something, the church would, would respond. Yeah. And it would be like, and it was all something based back. out of a, um, what do you call the the books that people get? Um Missile. The missile. Thank you. It's based out of the missile. And so we don't do that. There's not right. a lot of, of rote recitation. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's all bad or anything, but there are reasons we don't do it. That's yes. another podcast. Mm-hmm. So when they come, there's a lot of just, I think, surprise. And, and sometimes people miss it, you know? And so um, let me go through just a couple reasons why we don't. But as I do that, I got to preface on the front end. I'm not saying there's a problem with churches who want to do that. Yeah, we're not saying that. And we may even do the Apostles' Creed or the Lord's Prayer at a certain time mm-hmm. because it's appropriate for what we're doing. Um, here's what I want to do. I want to I create a framework, and then I want to give you kind of like the exceptions and maybe answer some okay. questions. Okay. So the framework is this. The Lord's Prayer— um, was written in response to how to pray privately. Mm-hmm. That right. therein is the whoa, like crazy reality of the Lord's Prayer. It was never given to address how people are to pray corporately. So, in fact, it comes right on the heels when Jesus says, When you pray, shut the door, go to a secret place, and pray to your Father who is in heaven. And then it basically says, Here's how you pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be the name, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so um, what's really important is that the Lord's Prayer was never intended to be a prayer, 
but a model of prayer, a skeleton of prayer. It exposed and showed the values that you should be praying for and through. And, you know, the the disciples saw Jesus pray and they're like, oh my gosh, show us how you do that. Right. Like that's, how do you... And that's word for word what, yeah. what it says in the text from, from Luke's passage. Absolutely. Not, not the Matthew passage, right. but Luke says the disciples saw him praying and said, okay, Lord, you yep. teach us to pray. John, John the, the Baptist taught his disciples to pray. You show us. So teach us. Yep. So the very simple reason why we don't recite the Lord's Prayer one of the reasons, but probably the biggest reason is because that it was never intended to be a corporate prayer. It was intended to be a skeleton for personal private prayer. That's number one. Uh, the church, I believe, corporately throughout centuries has missed the point of the Lord's Prayer. Right. Uh, point number two, uh, one of the reasons why we don't do it, I'm not going to mandate this on anybody else. I'm just mm -hmm. talking about Village Church right now, is because the Lord's Prayer means nothing to most people. Yep. It is a— They just recite it. They just recite it. Um, they can't tell me what hallow means mm -hmm. um, at all. Um, the these and the thous don't translate. And um, what I find, because, and I think most people, if they're a little bit honest, are going to agree. It feels good to say it. Mm -hmm. It feels yeah. like, you know, but like, is there a true submission of our will to God's will in that statement? Or is it more of a, we are corporately affirming something? I mean, you know, it's just, yeah. it's intended to— it's here's what we say. It's intended to be a supplement and not the substance. Right. And so one of the things in in the Our Father, which which we talked about on Sunday, which which uh, you probably have to go listen to the to the sermon. What's the date today, by the way? It's uh, November November first. So the last sermon of it's October. The 29th, correct. Uh, feels good to me. October 29th. October 29th, two thousand seventeen. You can go listen to that. But one of the things that was so revolutionary was the way that that Jesus addressed God as Abba. Abba. It was yeah. so intimate and so personal. And so the model that he's giving them is the reason why they're so struck by his prayer is because he's praying to God in such an informal Abba, Papa, right. Daddy. Yeah. Like they're like, what is going on? This is so weird. And he says, so when you pray, this is how you pray. You talk to God like you would a dad. Mm -hmm. It's just that kind of yeah. simple. And uh, it's not meant to be formal. Even the very way that we use the Our Father in corporate prayer, it's very formal. It's very formal, and it's actually in contradiction to the intention of the prayer, which exactly. is to go before your dad. And just and, talk to and him. And talk to him, you know? Yeah. And, and here are some of the things that are really important to your dad. You know, he's always providing for you. His kingdom is most important. We we wanna we want our dad's name to be revered and respected and hallowed, you mm -hmm. know, by everybody. And and so you learn the values, but the the very I think the most beautiful thing of it, so it means nothing to most people. Right. Uh, number three, it's taking out it's taken out of its it's made formal when it should never have been made formal. Mm -hmm. That's not the point of the Lord's Prayer. Um, now that being said, somebody will Actually, I got two questions this week. Um, so I came from an Anglican church. I came from whatever, you know. Um, was it bad that we prayed it? No, no, not at all. Anytime the body of Christ comes together and reads scripture in unison, like I'm not going to have a complaint about it. Let me share Let me share with you how I learned the Lord's Prayer, the Our, our Father Prayer. Yeah. I, play, I played football in, in high school. We said the Lord's Prayer before every game uh, in a huddle huh. together in a public high school back in the late 70s. Isn't that crazy? That's yeah. a public high school, and we prayed together as football players. Our coach led us. We would never do that today in a public school yep. setting. Yep. But that's how I learned the Lord's Prayer because we said it, you know, for I played three years of, of, of high school football. Yep. 
and we said it every game. Yep. That, that's that's just really crazy. interesting. That is interesting. I think a lot of people and it meant um, nothing to most of us. Now, oh yeah, that's some that's of us, one of the problems with it. Yeah, yeah. Some of us we understood what it meant. Some of us understood where it came from. Other guys on the team, they said it. They had no clue this was scripture. They had no clue where it came from. You know, for, for all they knew, it was coming out of some book, you know, not the Bible, some book other than the Bible. Yep. And, or it was being made up by, you know, the coach himself. Yep. That's crazy. So a lot of our audience may not know this, um, but it, it is assumed if you've been at Village Church for a while that you kind of know how to pray. Uh, yeah. um, but a lot of people who come from more liturgical churches, um, they actually only pray or or for the most part pray written, pre-written prayers pre-written from other prayers. people. Yeah. And uh, especially the more in more Catholic backgrounds, um, m- I would say for a lot of them, they are trained to pray the rosary, the glory be, the mm-hmm. Our Father, et cetera. Yes. Um, they're, they're trained to pray other people's prayers. And the idea of personal intimate prayer life with God through faith in Jesus totally foreign is very foreign to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And one of my concerns at Village is that we have a lot of people who have and will and are coming from that background. Mm-hmm. And one of the greatest, I think, things that we can teach them is when we pray out loud is how to actually talk to God. Right Now, right. that being said, Michael, are you opposed to corporate prayer? Everybody reciting a prayer. No, because no. every time we sing, we, we are reciting. are doing that. Well, every or, or song should. is corporate prayer yeah. to melody, and yeah. we're reciting it together. Like, so all of a sudden it's sanctified if it's to melody, but if it's not to, you know. <laughs> and uh, and so we'll even sing it. I mean, the question goes on. Why, why don't you do the Lord's Prayer and or Apostles' Creed? Uh, and uh, if anything, I would be more apt to reciting the Apostles' Creed on a regular basis. Because um, that tells people where we're at in our doctrine. Correct. What, what do you think our theology is? What it doesn't do is it does not address the gospel. It That's does not correct. address how somebody is saved. It's more of a propositional, non-gospel. It's like the, a theology of God. Um, and that's where it falls yeah. short. And it does, and that's where it falls. But I love the Apostles' Creed, depending mm-hmm. on which version you use. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, uh, yeah. even that becomes like a point of, of yeah. interesting contention. But, but one of the challenges you also have is in a church, um, you all get up and you read the Apostles' Creed. But I can think of about ten guys, uh, particularly men at Village Church, who aren't believers. Yeah. And, um, and for them to recite it. Yep. Did, do they really mean what they're saying? Yep. And then somebody would retort, but that's that's the same thing as music. It's just different, yeah, you know, and you right. sing the Apostles' Creed when you sing a couple, there's a couple songs that we sure. do, you know, so yeah. I'm a complete hypocrite right now, basically. Um, but uh, I do resist things that, uh, smack of is too strong of a word. I do resist things that are throwbacks to hyper-liturgical church yeah. because oftentimes in the hyper-liturgical church, liturgy is a substitute for intimacy. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, the relationship piece is missing. And this is where liturgy is a supplement. It is not the substance. The right. Lord's prayer can be a supplement, but it's never the substance. So like if my son, uh, if the primary way he spoke to me was through rewritten written letters that other people wrote and he said to me in a really formal way, I'd be like, dude, shut your mouth. Yeah, like, just talk to just me. Just talk to me, man. And I think that's how God feels about a lot of Christians who can't use their own mouth to talk mm-hmm. to him. They have to use other people. Like if my son, th- this is this is crazy because like um, uh, uh, just his response to like the rosary, for example, mm-hmm. right? So if you sin and you go to confession as an act of penance, they'll have you do 20 rosaries, fine. Like if my son messes up and then his 
his like act of repentance was to repeat somebody else's somebody affirmation else's of me. Yeah. Oh, dad, you are so good. You are so set apart. Oh, dad, you are so good. You are so... I'd be like, dude, stop talking to me. Yeah, You're right, annoying me. Right. And I, honestly, like, I, I feel like God is... is uh, like we talked about the fitting application of mm-hmm. something over the last podcast, mm-hmm. uh, last right. week of podcasts. Like how you do something is just as important as why you do something, and um, how we talk to God is really, really important. And I think what God wants from us is sons and daughters to talk to their good, loving, benevolent dad, who is who who loves them and wants to provide for them and wants to care for them. And and so it's that that is where again I'm I'm doing a dance, and I get it. I get that I'm not the most consistent, but. I do resist things that bring people back and maybe hyper-prioritize liturgy over liturgy intimacy. Liturgy over relationship so, and intimacy. So when I yeah. pray, um, I don't really read other people's prayers. Uh, I now, want to model intimacy. But my guess is you do the same thing I do. If, I am, if I've been asked to pray in a public arena where it's important for me to have the right words and, and make sure I cover all my bases— then often I will write out my prayer. Yeah, but that's I, but that's my words. I can write a letter I, I, to my wife. My yeah. words, totally. Yeah, not somebody else's words. It's the difference between giving your wife a card where somebody you know they have the pre-written <laughs> yes. cards versus you actually writing something. You write in your own little comments well, yeah. about your wife. One will be received differently than the other. You know, <laughs> and uh, but it's funny because we we take these analogies in scripture that our relationship with God is like a relationship with our spouse or the primary one. Our relationship with God is like our relationship with a good dad, mm-hmm. and yet we don't communicate. Interact with God. Right, we don't communicate according that to way. those ways. We treat Him like a, a king that we're petrified of. That we need to walk in His presence with hesitance and and be afraid that we're going to yeah. use the wrong words and upset Him unless He strike us. And yeah, and that's the crazy thing uh, from the Hebrew writer, the writers from he, writer from Hebrews who says, "Come boldly before the throne of right. grace." Yep. You know, you can you can enter into the holy of holies with God as your father, and you can boldly come to him, not out of disrespect, but within a respectful means, respectful attitude, but you can talk to him as, as your papa. Yep. Which is, which is crazy talk for some people, yeah. right? Uh, I mean, imagine the, the transition the Jews had to go from, from seeing God as hyper-formalized, no scriptures in prayer anywhere ever call God father, anywhere. Right. And, uh, like nobody addresses him that way. And then, it's like constant. It's all over the New Testament. And Jesus is not just, oh, Father. Yeah. You know, he's like, hey, Dad. Um, so can we talk for a little bit? Mm-hmm. I really want our disciples to be unified. It's like different. You know, it's so shocking, you right. know, in terms of what was happening. That was just transformative. But so somebody might hear me and they might hear me say, um, he doesn't do the Apostles' Creed or the Lord's Prayer of Village Church. He doesn't believe in it. I don't have, I don't care if other people do it. I right. literally right. don't. Whenever you quote scripture or truth to collectively, I'm like, yay, that's good. That's I'm good. a fan of that. But for maybe this is a better way for me to articulate it. I'm still processing because I've been asked a billion questions about this this week. A billion is hyperbole, by the way, just to be clear to everybody. Um, there is a difference between corporate recitation and corporate prayer. Um in my brain, like we can all get together and we can all say the same things on a screen as a corporate affirmation. Mm-hmm. That is different than going before the Lord corporately in prayer. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm fine if they want to be used as corporate recitation, although it makes no sense to use the Lord's prayer as corporate recitation. The Apostles' Creed, that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. It's not a prayer. It's it's a statement of belief. It's a statement right. of faith. Um, I don't see a lot of need for us to recite it. Uh, as a recitation. And I also 
don't know that that's the best use of our prayer time um, in church when we have so much baggage from people who whose primary relationship with God and communication with God has been through recitation. Right. If, if anything, I want to model for them, here's how you talk to God mm-hmm. by meaning yeah, it and yeah. using my own words. And, and, and sometimes though, let's, let's just, let's just not constrain ourselves. If you come to village church next week and we recite the Lord's prayer, <laughs> we're free to do that. Yes, we are. And if we start doing the apostles creed every single week, we're free to do that. Right. And uh, I'm, so I'm not saying I have an issue with it. I'm just saying I resist it. Yeah. We resist it. Not like resist it like better, sin. But, yeah. The better, the better approach is just a, a personal relationship yep. built on intimacy and love and care and concern yep. and honor and glory yep. that we want to give to God. Yep. So I, I can imagine <laughs> there's some person who's like, liturgy, 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 liturgy. It's the best way. It's the only way. It's the historic church. No, mostly your liturgy might go back to 15th, 16th century Reformation England. Right. Maybe if you come from an Orthodox background, third, no, sorry, fourth or fifth century uh, Roman, like, vestiges of Roman cult worship, but like, no, the ancient church, this isn't, this is mm-hmm. a part of the historic church, yeah. <laughs> you know, it the is. way people do stuff. Yeah. You want to go ancient, let's get rid of our buildings and go underground. There you go. Anyways. Well, listeners, thanks for joining us today. We are going to continue talking about prayer next time when the question will be, should I pray to the Father, Son, or Holy Spirit? Wow. That's a good one. Mm-hmm.